Los Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 23, a disturbance on San Gabriel Avenue in Southgate. That's all. Rolls and clips.
1932, I was sent to Southgate on a two-year's leave of absence from the Pasadena Police Department, where I was assistant superintendent of criminal identification. When I took over my new duties in Southgate two years ago, I found a unique policing problem to be solved. The town is located almost midway between the harbor and the metropolitan center. It is transversed by several main north and south boulevards to the waterfront, and also by several through highways from the east to the west. Southgate, being one of the many cities in the vast network served by the Los Angeles police radio station, KGPL, I wish to pay tribute to the Los Angeles Police Department and to Chief Davis for the marvelous cooperation afforded the smaller suburban departments. In a town of small homes such as Southgate is, I did not anticipate much homemade crime, so to speak. But I did expect a lot of work cooperating with the Sheriff's Office and the Los Angeles and Long Beach Police Departments in catching fleeing criminals. In this, I was not disappointed. Those boys of mine down there and I have certainly had our hands full these past two years. And now, just as I am returning to Chief Kelly of Pasadena... I want to thank the men of the Southgate Police Department for their splendid cooperation during the time I worked with them. The cleanup of the city and the solution of the story you are about to hear is their work. And to them, I want to see the credit go. Thank you, Chief Mueller. Better, I'll tell you why he's called. 
And now, if I only had your name. <laughs> well, I'm Rose. And I'm Marjorie. Well, hey, this girl, that was old Louis. Now, come on now, let's have a little drink. Right over the shore. I don't like the looks of this, Marjorie. Why? If you take a drink, I'll kick you around the block. Is that so? Well, it looks like a party to me, and I'm going to have a good time. All right, Smarty, but I'm just warning you. It doesn't look right to me. Hey, hey, come on, babe. Come on, let's drink up. <laughs> Not uh, for me. Are you going to cheer on it, sir? How about you, Marjorie? Sure. And the girl? That's the way I like my women. You know, you and I will get along okay. <laughs> Maybe we aren't that. Now, come on, let's drink up. Hey, sit down here on the desk for a minute, will you? Hey, Rose. Yeah? It's an old friend. I know I'm just for it. No, thanks. I'll go get it right away. Hey, somebody's on the radio. What do you want to hear? Something hot. I want to burn a little Marjorie up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it? This is Laura McClendon. She wants us to come down to 61st and Broadway with Steve Works. We ain't got any way to get there. I know that. But maybe that means she won't be back until late. Well, what of it? We've got plenty of company here. Marjorie, I tell you, I don't like this at all. You come with me, and you'll go into the bedroom and lock the door. Why? Listen, these guys are pretty tight. And they're not going to sober the way they're putting away that rock up. Oh, Rose. Just because you don't drink, you don't like to see anybody have any fun. I tell you, I'm afraid of these fellas if they get any drunk. Oh, don't be a still. Now, listen, you've got to come in there with me, Marjorie. Well, I won't. You may be sorry. Well, I'll worry about that. Hey, hey, come on, babe. I'm getting lowly early. How's that? Come on, big boy. Marjorie, you're very foolish. Oh, go on to bed, you wet blanket. genuinely frightened at the antics of the drunken sailors, locks herself in her bedroom. A half hour, an hour passes. She is unable to get to sleep. For every few moments, one of the sailors bangs upon the door and invites her to join the party. About 10.30 in the evening, there is another knock on the door. what she has heard beyond the door, Rose jumps out of the bedroom window and runs for help to the house of a friend a block away. After calling the police, they return to the house on San Gabriel Avenue. Well, there's nobody here. They've all gone, Mr. Thompson. The place certainly is a mess. Well, maybe they've taken Marjorie with them. Marjorie! Marjorie! Oh, she doesn't answer. The door here is locked. Well, that's the room I was in. I locked it from the inside. Let's try the bathroom door. Hmm, it's locked too. Oh, she must be in there. Marjorie! Marjorie! Oh, come on, Mr. Thompson. Help me open the door. Have you got a key? No, she's locked it from the inside. Well, we'll have to break it down, I guess. There we are. Turn on the light by the wall. Marjorie! Oh, 
Marjorie. What's happened? Marjorie, speak to me. Oh, Mr. Thompson. He's dead. No, she isn't. She's breathing. That's a nasty cut she's got on her head. Hold that door open for me while I carry her to the other room, and then call the police and tell them to bring a doctor. A few moments later, Chief Mueller of the Southgate Police Department arrived, accompanied by Dr. Misner and officers Peterson and Mitchell. The doctor makes a hurried examination. Well, doctor, what does it look like to you? Fracture of the skull. <clears throat> yeah, it's serious. I've got to get her to a hospital. She seems to be semi-conscious. Can I talk to her? You'll have to be mighty careful not to excite her. I will. But you must understand that I've got to get some information from her. That other girl doesn't seem to know a thing. Uh, yeah, yes, I understand. Uh, go ahead while I'm phoning for the ambulance. Okay. Oh, Marjorie. Marjorie. How do you feel? Uh, uh. My head hurts. Do you feel well enough to tell us what happened? Uh, I'll, I'll try. Who hit you on the head? The, the blonde one. He, he, he hit me twice. He was drunk. What was his name? Uh, uh, I don't know. I never saw him before tonight. What did he hit you with? Uh, a piece of iron with string. I do it. Why did he hit you? They, they were trying to take the clock and a cigarette lighter. And I, I told him get out. And then this blonde fellow hit me. Oh. Ah. My head. Oh, I'm 
sure Bob wouldn't do this. And you can never be sure what people will do, Mrs. Stevens. Especially when they've been drinking what was in this bottle. Have you a picture of Barnett around here? Well, I'm not sure. Let me look in these drawers here. No, I'm afraid I haven't. Wait a minute. What was that in that last drawer? What? This camera. Hmm, it's got five exposures in it. Would any of them be a Barnett? They might. That row's been in the camera since the holidays. Good. Do you mind if I take it down to headquarters and have it developed? I know. Go right ahead. Fine. Thank you. Now, Mrs. Stevens, Marjorie said something about these sailors wanting to take some things away with them. Have you noticed anything missing? Well, of course I haven't had time to look around. Do you own an electric clock? Oh, yes, a calendar clock. It's right up... Why, it's gone. And so is my table cigarette lighter. Yes, and the cord's been ripped out of the radio. Apparently, they intended to take that with them when they were frightened away. I had a valuable watch in the desk here. Let me see. Why, it's gone, too. Would you be willing to swear out a burglary warrant against the men who did this? I certainly will. Hello? Yes, he's there. Oh, very well. Hold the line, please. It's for you, Chief Muller. It's, it's the doctor. Oh, thank you. Yes, doctor? <clears throat> I see. All right, thank you. Yes, I'll be at headquarters. What is it, Chief? Marjorie just died. Chief Mueller to headquarters to await the developing of the roll of film. At 2 a.m., the pictures are finished and brought in to the chief. Now, let's see. Yes, here's a picture of a sailor. Rose, do you recognize him? Yes. Yes, that's one of them. He said he was a friend of Laura's. Pass it to Mrs. Stevens, please. Thank you. Well, Mrs. Stevens? Bob, all right. But I can't believe that he'd do it. Well, that's not for us to decide. Captain Burke? Yes, sir. I draw up a complaint on the suspicion of murder and burglary against one Robert Barnett and three John Doe's. Yes, sir. Now, you'll sign those burglary complaints, won't you, Mrs. Stevens? Oh, I hate to get Bob in trouble. He comes from a good family. That may well be, Mrs. Stevens, but as I said before, it isn't for us to decide whether or not he's guilty. But if he is under the slightest suspicion, we want to bring him in and question him. If he's innocent, well, you'd like to see him clear himself as quickly as possible, wouldn't you? Oh, yes, that's true. Then this is the way you can help us most. Well, all right, then. I'll sign the complaint. That's fine. They'll be ready in just a moment. Now, Rose, can you remember the names of any of the other of those sailors? Well, I never heard their whole names. But I heard them call each other Bill and Pete and Bob. And then there was one called Snake. And those are the only names you heard? Yes, sir. Bob, Pete. Bill and the snake. Well, that may help us. Here's the complaint. Fine. Now, Mrs. Stevens, if you please sign them right here on, on this line. Oh, Captain Brett. Yes, sir. Get King and Smith and wait outside in the car. We're heading for the harbor. <laughs>
police car roars over the deserted boulevard to Long Beach, past deserted gas stations, beneath the skeleton fingers of Signal Hill, down through the quiet residential sections of the city to a grinding stop at the water taxi dock. The officers hop aboard the squat red speedboat and cut across the smooth water of the harbor. The boat throws angry spray toward the pale equinoctial moon. The shimmering reflections of the waterfront light, leaving the harbor like golden knives, are chopped into oblivion as the racing boat rounds the breakwater and bucks the open sea for the silent gray mass of the Oklahoma. Around the sharp prow of the mighty warship, and the police officers are warping into the landing ladders beneath the brooding guns of the sleeping sea dogs. Ten minutes later, they have explained their mission to Commander McClary, executive officer of the ship. And he has Barnett rousted out of his hammock and brought before the officers. Now, when he comes in, don't make any reference to the murder. I want to find out if he was up there first. Sit down, Barnett. These gentlemen are police officers. They want to ask you a few questions. Yes, sir. What did you do up at the Stevens house tonight, Barnett? Raise a little hell? No, why? We got a complaint. We just had a little party. We didn't do anything out of line. Who do you mean, we? Oh, Bill Kozak and a fellow by the name of... Uh, well, what ship are they on? Kozak's in my division on board, and Wells is on the California. Get Kozak up here. Yes, sir. Who is the fourth man? I don't know his name. Was the fourth man in your division? Yes, sir. How long have you been in that division? A year and a half. A year and a half with the division, and you don't know the men in it yet? No, sir. You're certainly trying to help us, aren't you? Did you know that a girl was hurt at the Stevens house tonight? No, I didn't know that. Well, she was. I don't know nothing about anybody being hurt. In fact, she died a couple of hours ago. It looks like murder. Murder? That's right, Barnett. Now what do you know about it? Nothing. That's all for the present, Commander. Bring him on, Greg, quartermaster, and bring on Kozak. Yes, sir. Uh, give him time. He'll feel more like coming clean after he gives us some thought. In the meantime, we'll see if this other bird will talk. Well, you certainly picked out a nice pair to deal with, Chief. Kozak and Barnett are two of the ship's bad boys. Barnett are two of the ship's bad boys. Kozak, we understand you and some of the other boys got into trouble up in the South Cape tonight. Let's hear about it. There wasn't no trouble, sir. Who is with you besides Barnett? Well, a couple other guys. Name them. I don't know them. What did you do up there? Oh, nothing. Just had a couple of drinks, that's all. If it was as innocent as that, why don't you name them? I'm still under the weather, sir. I can't remember very well. This is a serious matter, Kozak. More serious than you can imagine. Who were these other men? Well, well, Harry Peterson was the only other one I knew. And was the only other one I knew. Bring Peterson up here, Quartermaster. Bring Peterson up here, Quartermaster. Yes, sir. And keep Kozak on deck under guard. Aye, sir. Well, it looks like we're getting someplace, Commander. Yes, it does. Three out of four. Now tell me, how can I get these men ashore to question them and get statements from them? Well, it would be necessary to get them bound over to you by a release from the Secretary of the War. Any trouble in obtaining that? None whatsoever. The Navy Department is only too glad to cooperate with the civilian peace officers in matters of this sort. Frankly, Chief, we don't want such men in our personnel. Two or three men of this type aboard ships contaminate the morale of the whole force. 
like a bad apple in a barrel. Well, you can rest assured that we'll do everything possible to put them away if they're guilty. I know I can depend on that, Chief. Now, this Wells, Barnett referred to, aboard the California. Will I have time to question him this morning? I'm afraid not, Chief. You see, we sail for our maneuvers at dawn. Hmm, that's too bad. When will you return? Thursday. When will you return? Thursday. Of course, there's a chance that Barnett is covering up a shipmate. Possibly our fourth man is aboard the Oklahoma. Yes, that might be. Here's Peterson, huh? What did you do up in Southgate tonight, Peterson? I make bottles, sir. With Kozak and Barnett. Why, I wasn't with them, sir. Sure about that? Yes, sir. I, I turned it in lights out. I, I haven't seen Kozak or Barnett all day. If you're lying, I'll find out about it quick enough. Oh, no, sir. I'm not lying. I swear to God I'm not. Very well. Take him out, quartermaster, and hold him with the others. Yes, sir. Come along, sir. Well, Chief, does he answer any description you have? Of course, my descriptions are so meager. But the victim told me that the man who struck her was a blonde. And this boy's a blonde. That isn't much to go on, of course. Thanks, Parkinson. What is it? The master at arms just turned these in. What is all this? Well, this thing that looks like a street lamp is a cigarette lighter. Hey, that matches the description of the one Mrs. Stevens found missing. And this billy club. Here, let me have that. Yes, sir. A piece of lead with a string tied to it. That's the way the victim described it. Where did you find these? On top of Kozak's locker. We're getting hot, Commander. And this key cord was found in Peterson's locker with a Liberty packet in it. A Liberty check. He said he turned in his pass. The pass is signed by you, sir. Let me see it. But that's not my handwriting. Forging a Liberty check. Well, Liberty check. Well, if this doesn't turn out to be your man, he'll face a nice penalty for this job. Yeah, it looks more and more like he's mine, Commander. For a master. Place these three men in the brig at once. Yes, sir. Now, Commander, none of these men fit the description I have for the fourth. And this description is the most complete of the bunch. What is it? Well, he's short. Well, he's short. Dark-haired. Heavy-set. With a scar on the left cheek. And he wears a white wheel on his sleeve. That would be quartermaster or machinist, mate. I'll keep my eyes open for him, Chief, while we're at sea. And when you drop anchor Thursday... I intend to have an order for their release from the Secretary of the Navy. And I'll be glad to get rid of her. We experience no difficulty in getting the release of the men from the Secretary of the Navy. And thanks to some expert sleuthing on the part of Commander McCleary aboard the Oklahoma while she was at battle practice, our fourth man was discovered, fourth man was discovered in the same section with the others. He, Covington, Barnett, Peterson, and Kozak were delivered to us by the naval authorities on March 10th. During the questioning that same day, they admitted their presence in the Stevens' home, and Peterson practically admitted striking the fatal blow. The coroner's jury on March 13th indicted all four men for murder. They were speedily brought to trial and speedily convicted. Peterson was sent to San Quentin for from five years to life on verdicts of murder and first-degree robbery. Covington and Kozak drew five years to life on first-degree robbery. And Barnett, one to 14 years for second-degree robbery. Thus was successfully closed the first murder, successfully closed the first murder ever committed in Southgate. And you are to be congratulated, Chief Mueller. Congratulated, Chief Mueller, for the splendid man in which you for the splendid man in which you brought it to a speedy con- which you brought it to a speedy conclusion. 
to a speedy conclusion. You have listened to a true story of how police officers do their work. Police officers do their work. Unfortunately, many of our citizens do not realize the disadvantage the disadvantage in which an officer is placed when investigating an officer is placed when investigating a is placed when investigating a crime. And do not always give him the assistance that they are capable of giving. If they could realize that an officer was doing everything possible to protect their lives and property and would support him in his efforts, it would help to show the lawbreaker that Los Angeles and surrounding cities are good places for them to stay away from. Thank you, Chief Taylor. Again, the city of Los Angeles has chosen Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline with tetraethyl for the important job of fueling all police cars, fire engines, ambulances, motorcycles, and other emergency equipment. The Rio Grande Oil Company is appreciative of this great trust and is proud of the very small part that Rio Grande Cracked will again play in the den play, in the daily protection of your life the protection of your life and your property. Los Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, cancellation broadcast 23 regarding a disturbance. Suspects have been apprehended, and that's all. Rolls and clerks. Tonight you have heard Miss Ann Sawyer as Marjorie, Miss Terranita Burke as Rose, Miss Martha Wentworth as Mrs. Stevens, Miss Terranita Burke as Rose, Miss Martha Wentworth as Mrs. Stevens, Mr. Hamlet Stafford as Barnett, Mr. Samuel Pierce as Peterson, Mr. Sue Boardman as Kozak, Mr. Richard DeGrand as Mr. Thompson, Mr. Robert Frazier as Chief Miller, Mr. Wade Lane as Commander McCleary, and Mr. Charlie Long as Covington, Captain Bett, and the Quartermaster. Frederick Lindsley saying good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs> <laughs>